Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I am your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. I also have a couple closed Facebook groups for roadies. One called Death by Loadout, another one called The Backstage Pass. With me tonight is my dear, dear, good, good, wonderful human being of a friend, Kyle Thomas. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad, Vinny. How about yourself, brother? Buddy, where's the energy at tonight, baby? I'm fucking. I'm here. I'm here. I'm. I'm happy. We just had a busy week. We've it was a busy away. week. Talk to me about it. Tell me your story. Well, first, I'd like to thank Bob Saint Laurent for last week's show. That was amazing. <laughs> he's, Incredible gentleman. He's got a ton of energy. He's you know he, he he does this for a living. So you know, he, like you said, 24 breaks a day in his in his show. He's got to come up with content. He's he's a cat. He's a good guy. It was fun. Yeah, we talked for a while after the show. It was so much fun hearing his stories. He couldn't share with y'all, but yeah, there's I mean, maybe. A, Maybe we can deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe come up with a Patreon uh, tier or something like that. Because uh, speaking of which, just like to transition into us setting up this Patreon, I think we did a yeah. little too premature. Yeah, we but, got, um, got a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I think uh, we were hoping that the wallet was just going to be fed and we would be <laughs> able to take it out eventually. But I guess the Patreon doesn't work like that. So our, our fault for, for mentioning it a little early. But but speaking more toward in depth about Patreon, as we get it set up, what the thinking was, we were going to either add an extra show, which is kind of common. There's a little something extra for the the folks that uh, help us out with the Patreon, so we give them a little extra content. Or at the very minimum, we have a uh, kind of an after show thing that happens here. When the show is done on any given show, we still then we start kind of trading the inside baseball stories between ourselves and. You know, kind of talking about some stuff we're not as comfortable talking about on, on the open airwaves. So uh, we haven't nailed it down. We'll let you kids know when we do, but I think that's what you're referring to, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll come up with some tiers. We'll put a little extra cheap beef and... in the Patreon side of it to give you um, 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 and a, a reason to go to the Patreon for a little extra content, a little extra something, something they can only get there. You got it, yeah. Fantastic. What else you got online? So anyways, I would also like to thank Large Screen Video. We the couldn't best. do it without those gentlemen. Uh, we just were thinking about John Rigney the other day, so just wanted to <sighs> just wanted give a, a condolence to everybody and, and yeah. let him know we're holding this show down in his, his spirit and... Uh, we're hoping that his family and everything's doing well. That's very sweet. I couldn't agree with you more. John Rigney was, uh, just so you know, John Rigney and Cameron Brown were basically the founders of Large Screen Video. And, and these two did more to bring lead into this. They, first, they started big with projection. You know, they, they really, I can't state this enough, they were really out front of these movements, you know, with bringing the visual content to, to live uh, production. And so they were way ahead of the curve for years and years. Groundbreaking ideas. Really groundbreaking. And then they had the big projector, the projector systems, and that was they owned that. That was like their their fucking area. And then he started getting into John started getting into the L, the LED, the LED. And so he went over and he shopped and sourced the the proper LED and sorted that all out and brought that into the picture, and really quickly changed the norm across the industry. And then they built up large screen videos, very large company that does huge productions. And uh, we're dear friends with them. And then, sadly, we had John on the show last year. Absolute treat. He was a man with many opinions and an extraordinary sharp mind. I mean, he was, it was a, I used oh, to love gentlemen. going to lunch with him. He, he would sit with an hour with that guy and, and go back and forth about politics and shit in the business. And I mean, he was, he was, he was quick, man. And he just passed away one day, and his, and his lazy boy was awful and, and sad, and we miss him. 
And of course, we uh, want to send a lot of love on you know on top of what you just said to the, the wonderful people at Large Screen Video, Cameron Brown and the folks and his lovely wife, John's wife over there, keeping that thing going. And they they help us out a great deal with the the lead behind me, the cameras in front of me. They're dear friends of ours, so a lot of love to those cats. Yeah. And uh, we wouldn't have half this show if it wasn't for them. So it, it's blessings. simple as that, you know. When we first were thinking about it, we reached out to John, and he was super behind it. You know, it was he he got it immediately. I think he was our fourth or fifth guest on the show, and he really enjoyed what we were doing. And so we appreciate that Cameron lets us still, you know, participate and and is a you know a supporter of what we do. We we'll hope yeah. to have Cameron on the show here sometime soon. Hopefully, yeah. yeah and then, you know, uh, speaking of the shows coming up, we got. got Oh, there you go. Yeah. See? That's the only way myself, that you remember you've got to write it down. If yeah, he writes it down, it's important. Anything. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a dear friend. You were but, saying, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we, the show coming up, I mean, we we really got to hold it to them. We got Pyro Pete coming up, uh, Toby Francis, uh, Janet Muffy, Alejandro. Alejandro. So what he's, I think what you're saying is we got some big hitters coming up on the guest list. We're very lucky. Now, tonight we've got an amazing guest. We've been very lucky to to Toby Francis's kiss and Kanye and massive. You I got mean, some nuggets. <laughs> Aerosmith. I mean, he's 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 kind of the Godfather. And uh, uh, Jan Alejandro and his lovely wife Muffy are uh, Jan and Al Cases, uh, and of course his and both of their history w- between studio roadie stuff through the seventies and eighties is like the who's who. It's the it's the storybook of early rock and roll. And I cannot. And of course he just survived a, a really. Uh, serious surgery. Serious heard, surgery yeah. with a quadruple bypass of about, about three, so four weeks much, ago. So many blessings to him and his family. Yeah, and that. I love these people, and I miss them, and so they're going to come up, and we're going to do the dinner thing, and we might run off to the antique swap meet together, and then we'll, <laughs> throw, we'll, t- we'll film a show at the same time somewhere in there. There you and go. So we're really lucky you to have You might catch that. Vinny out on the swap meet right there. Yeah, well, you know, my chick, who I love more than anything on the planet, loves antiques. I'm sitting in her antique chair as we speak. Because I, you it's know, beautiful have, chair, my friend. It's a, it's a, well, it stops me from swiveling. I, you know, me, I, I'm antsy. So she got me the right, like, that's the chair. <laughs> no more, no more swivelable chairs. Hey, speaking of which, uh, we did, uh, speaking of people that passed, uh, we recently lost yeah. Jake Hurd. Uh, that was uh, local one. Jake Hurd? Yes, sir. Uh, local uh, 134. He passed, um, I think, last week. So I just want to give a quick condolence to everybody in 134. And, I'm and probably so feeling that pretty hard. He was a he knew his job. He was good at what he did, and uh, he was kind of a leader in that outfit. And that's um, yeah, sad. It's super sad. Big loss. Yeah, gentlemen. Big loss for 134. You know, shout out to you kids. Hearts with you. And you know, it's it's nice, even though we're we're losing friends left and right. I feel like this year it's been it's, weird. It's finally work is starting to present itself. Yeah, that's uh, right. We're slowly dusting off cases and getting things moving around the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Communicating a bit more, my schedule is filling out more and more. It's it's feeling good. So yeah, I agree. You know, as I try to book the show, I'm reaching out to my friends across the nation and really across the pond, across the world, and um, and I am getting conflicts with their scheduling because they're starting to get booked again, which is kind of a good problem. You <laughs> yeah, know, right. I want that to be that way. I want to have to figure out how we're going to get it done where I can steal an hour of their time out of what's going to be a very busy schedule coming up because the shows we're talking about are all the way forward in early June. You know, the, the show's here with uh, Beyond the Backstage Pass. And so trying to, you know, with like Pyro Pete, uh, Cappadocia, uh, I mean, he's He's, he's busy. Yeah, yeah, he is the one of the top pyro guys in the game. If, if you see some shit blowing up on stage, it's it's the glorified arsonist Pyro Pete doing it. As simple as that. He's, he's fucking the best. 
and we just booked him today for something two months from now. But we'll have to, you know, I have a feeling we'll have to do a little wiggling around to make things happen as we go forward. And yeah, we'll just in. find a way, you know. That's what we do in this business. So We're also talking about the pod seating. Who knows if the pod seating is actually going to come up again. Because I, I think a front of house article posted about it. Uh, this this month's article is like basically this pod view of what, like a 8 by 8 risers, maybe a little bit bigger. And then they're claiming that might be the future. So who knows when we get back to work what actually is going to well, be. Well, I wish I had the, what was that, Front of House magazine we were looking at earlier. One of our, our, our you know, periodicals came in, and it had this extraordinary picture kind of from uh, the Front of House position towards the stage. And it, should, it looked like a bunch of little corrals. It must have been, a, I think, 262 of them. Yeah. And just imagine yeah, I think it, putting that it. together with the amount of work, the extra amount of expense and work it would take to have that. I'm hoping that we get to a place. I think that was a, a stopgap approach to between, say, five months ago and now, yeah. opposed to five months from now, which I think maybe we'll get to a place where, well, I don't like talking about this, you know that, but I, I think we'll get to a place where that's more viable science-wise, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. We'll see what's going Fingers on. Fingers crossed. This will be the test run, right? Look, who's checking in tonight. There's your lovely wife. There's my lovely wife. Oh, yeah. And there's the one and only godfather, the badass himself, Charles Ricky. Pat, how you doing, buddy? Pat Abdul, the, yeah, mo- the one and only, the, the very cool brother of ours, Scott Cheney, John Del Rio. Johnny, I got a lighting guy. Johnny, so you got to leave me alone for a little while because then, then I'm going to have three back-to-back audio guys <laughs> and a pyro guy. So I got, I got like one of the best for you, baby. I did that for you, Johnny. For you too, because I love baby, but you know, I'm just driving up my ass. <laughs> and who do we got? Jonathan Eckerman. <laughs> He's yeah. new. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Oh, he's reaching that's, out because that's dumb dumb. Yeah, Much he's, he's dumb reaching dumb. out because he's feeling that. Right on, man. We're all feeling it too, John. I hope you're uh, you're okay, brother. Reach out to us if you need us for anything. Yeah, blessings of the whole one thirty four family for sure. Yeah, that's a tough one. Right on, baby. You got anything else? Because I got a big show up in this motherfucker. I think this is all you, dog. You know, if you could work on the cussing, I would appreciate that. Let me My wife's see. Not Let a big me see. I'll really. hone it down all the time. I'll, you're gonna I'll do. You're gonna do better. I think I, I will. You're fucking badass. I love you, man. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Good, good. All right, man. It's good to see you. Oh, cool. You got the comments on that side? You let us know of anything if interesting. If you guys want to chat, hit me up on here. All right. Sweet, sweet. Listen, tonight we got we got a special show for you. Listen, it's all a mystery to me, man. If there ain't if there ain't no sound coming out of it, or if I can't make it like, you know, shock me in a good kind of way, I, I, I leave it to others. So what we need to do when I need to understand something as complicated as the lighting world, I reach out to my friends. And tonight we got us a special guest. This guy runs Felix. Felix is one of the largest lighting operations in the country. He's, uh, he runs the San Francisco branch. He's come through. He's done a bunch of touring with uh, Circus Schmerkes, Circus Mechanics. Um, he's worked at the Warfield, one of the best venues, in my opinion, in the world. And I've toured uh, quite a few of them. And it's one of my favorite places to come back to. He's, uh, he's, he's done plays and all kinds of stuff. He's, 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 he's really a fascinating cat. He's got this thing on lock, and we're going to talk to him about it. He's going to share our stories with us. He's the one and only Anthony Powers. How are you doing, my brother? How are you? Baby, I'm doing good, man. It's good, good to, to see, see it. it. It has been, been a while. Minute. It has been a minute been since a I've seen you. You're over there. You know, I, I, we checked in on you today, and, and I loved that we had a little problem. You came in a little late, and I love it. I did. I did. You came in a little late. Why'd you come in a little late? I today? was working. I love that. I was he, he came in late because he had Felix pushing shows out, <clears throat> and that makes me very, very happy. That's exactly the reason to come here late. That is so perfect. I'm really glad to hear that you guys are doing some work over there. How have you been doing during this last year? Tell us about it. 
you know, I, I, I got to admit, I feel bad saying that I've enjoyed being home with my wife. I don't feel bad about <laughs> but that. But we, uh, you know, I, when I met my wife, I was touring with Cirque Mechanics. And, you know, and then I'd come home, I'd do whatever corporate events or I'd go do other stuff. You know, we didn't really get that much time. I, I mean, as you know, when you're on the road, you don't get that much time with your, That's right. your loved one. Yeah. And then I decided I wanted to stop touring about, I guess it was 2015, and stay home and spend more time with, with my wife, you know? Yeah. And uh, literally, I was home for, I want to say like six months, maybe eight months, and my wife wound up with this job that um, she became a corporate speaker, like a keynote speaker. Wow. So she was then flying all over the world. Yeah. Um, she was, on she was gone foot. like a week, sometimes two or three weeks a month. Wow. For like five years. So it, like we just kind of traded lives. Right. So the shutdown has been great because it's the first time we've ever had all this time together. Really quality. Like even since we started dating, you know, like we've never really had. And it's just been a blessing. Like I got to admit, like it's been the kind of the, like the biggest silver lining is all the time I've gotten to spend at home. With my wife. And, you know, because working in our industry, too, like, even when you're home, it's like 18-hour days. That's right. You know, like, even when you go home, like, you still you got, like, one more quote to get out. Or, yeah. You know, you've got to, like, get this plot done, or you got to, like, get the gear list, or there's something wrong, and, you know, you have to go fix it. You're always on call. So, like, it's just been, I've just had time, and it's been oh, great. That's a blessing right there. I'm anxious to get back to work. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, I honestly, like, I, I've loved having this year off. Well, I'm glad that you had that, but it's all, you're not wrong. It's time for us to, you know, to get back into what we do. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, me and the guys were doing some work in here yesterday or the day before. I guess over the last few days, we've had a few things going on here in the shop, some different bands playing and filming some things. And, uh, and we had the occasion to move a bunch of gear yesterday, and we found out really quickly... That we had, we were a little out of uh, out of shape. <laughs> yeah, we were a little dusty. You know, this one's legs hurt over here. You know, I, tell me about it. I was like and puffing throwing and, multi know. and feeder into yeah. cases all week. I am so out of. Sh- I'm obviously out of shape, and uh, but like I didn't no, realize talking, how bad. Yeah, yeah, no, like atrophy. Yeah, <laughs> type like, shape. Yeah, it's like not just you lose that. those muscles yeah, pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. Well, when they were talking about the COVID loss, you know, some of the loss of COVID nineteen, I was like, yeah, I found it. I know where all that nineteen is. It's right Oof. there, it's sitting right on my ass. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, been one of those things. And I think the way that you know, guys like me and you tend to keep our our health going <laughs> is through the work. Yeah. We're not out doing exercise or you know walking no, around the I block. Mean, We're working our asses off. I mean, you do a show that, at you do a show at Moscone or the Sap Center. You're going to walk like forty thousand steps. Exactly, in a day, exactly. You know? you know, and and so there's that's been a little bit of a secret, even if we were aware of it or not. But you know, this, we did this year after year after year, so it just yeah. was a muscle memory, which is a thing you just gear up and you go into it. This weird little break, which is just a kind of a big void in the middle of that experience, has been really hard to to kind of reflectively understand and and be prepared to. So right now, I feel like my crew is really dusty. Even with our little interactions here, this is certainly not putting on a big rock show, you know? And so um, you we, know, I, I was talking to George about it, and we were, we were planning on, because we had some things coming up, so we're going to yeah. fire the shop up a couple weeks early, get everybody on board, and, you know, shake the fucking dust off. And I took the, I mean, during the, the pandemic, when we first stopped, I would make my every week I was do I would draft a fake show and I would just do it nuts to bolts just to like That's keep cool. just to keep fresh and like make sure I didn't lose you know like my 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 CAD skills or my electrician skills yeah or any like the like the brain work you know like didn't get rusty sure so you know I did that 
I mean, I still do it. Like maybe now I do it like once a month, but like I was doing it once a week for like the first like seven months. You know? Wow, that's very and, uh, clever. And it was, you know, it was actually fun. It was nice to get to concentrate on just a show at a time. Yeah, talk about a luxury. <laughs> but yeah, which is a luxury we never get. But it was, you know, I, I've kind of used the the break to catch up on things. Like I, I actually did do a lot of reading. Wow. Uh, I got to, um, you know, I just got to kind of do projects at, on the house, believe it or not. Wow, that's uh, very Well, nice. I should say my wife did projects around the house. I'm actually not very handy. Oh, really? If, I, if it doesn't have electricity, I don't know how to, if like, I'm good at rigging <laughs> and electricity. Yeah. Anything else, I suck. Like, like carpentry, I'm, I'm like the worst. So don't hand you a saw, not going to work I out I'm well. Like, I don't know what to bigger. do with it. Like, I'm the worst carpenter you've ever seen. And uh, so my wife, like, she hangs the shell. I just, I hold things and I carry heavy things. That's my job. Uh, that's, a, that's the dude's And I make things. coffee. I make really good coffee. Wow, that's very. I, I totally. And those are understand. all useful skills. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all useful skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we balance each other but, out you know, in our relationships. And, uh, and I've tried a few things. Like I, um, I got back into. I used to when I was in college. I was a line cook. Yeah. So you know, and I actually got into this industry as from catering. Believe I, it or not, I actually know that, and a little bit of a photography background. Yeah, yeah. Um, I came out here. I went to. I came out here to go to art school. Right. And uh, I just. Could never bring myself to leave. Yeah, it's uh, this is a special spot. Well, especially I moved here in '94. I mean, yeah, San Francisco in the mid early '90s was fucking wild. Yeah, it was like, a lot was, of fun. And I grew up in New York, you know, so like I was used to like a certain amount of excitement. Sure, but like what I wasn't expecting so much was just the blatant hedonism. Yeah, there's you know? uh, like it was it was fucking crazy. Yeah, you know, the, like, the city's always been known for a certain amount of uh, sexual. Promiscuity and, and that's a wrong word. Dr- so, just I, I a, that's a openness. Word. Openness, is yeah, it? yeah. You know, that is, that, there's not all a different of, lifestyles. Not a lot like, of hung up people in the city, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, or I at least up, you're not going to do for well if you are. But I grew up in Long Island, like the part, like right next to Queens. Yeah. So there was no, there wasn't a lot of openness. You know, like you were either Italian, a, Irish, Jewish, or Puerto Rican. Right, that, that was it. That was that was all that was all that there was. It's know? a very specific people there. They're kind yeah, of somewhat there was no, offset from the city like, of New York. I mean, I didn't really no like alternative cultures and lifestyles that I came here and then especially going to art school and it was on blast it was eye opening yeah. and it was wonderful and yeah. it was like so so I just I don't know like being in this like free open city that's right was one of the coolest things I've that, always felt like you know I've been to pretty much all the big cities in the northern uh, North America yeah. uh, through touring and I always like coming back to the city I like these different cities. Atlanta is one of my favorite cities. Uh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Atlanta's great know, city. There's some great cities. I love our, Pittsburgh. Uh, Have you Chicago been there lately? extraordinarily fun. Pittsburgh's had a renaissance. Uh, it, absolutely. And it's beautiful. It, you know, it's a, but there's, they're just not the same as not coming same back as to the, the city. Back, coming nothing, back to San Francisco. It has its own there's vibe. There's nothing the same. You know, it's not, nothing it's like, not it. like LA. It's, a, it's just its own thing. It's a big city in a small space. So yeah. it's, it's, it's very manageable. But there's, you can get a little bit different, different flavor there's from each section of it. Just a creative energy that yeah. other cities don't have. Yeah, that's that right. Here, that's absolutely you know? right. It's like a freedom just to be yourself. Exactly, Mundo. Yeah, the judgments are uh, fewer and farther between, I think. They are, which is yeah. great. You know? yeah, and that's priceless in its I, own right. right yeah. And like, yeah. so Anyway, so I came out here and I just couldn't leave. And when I graduated art school, I, I, started as, I was working as a photographer. I was like assisting on commercial shoots, mm-hmm. um, catalog shoots, which were boring as fuck. Yeah, I can imagine. I can curse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, so, like, I was, and I was printing. I was doing a lot of custom printing, yeah. which I really love doing because, you know, it's, custom printing is like a really like zen art. Yeah, there's an art form. But for I sure. developed what's called contact dermatitis, which is 
oh. you get uh, basically horrible skin rashes from the chemicals. Sure. And the chemicals are really strong and really bad. I imagine. And uh, so, I don't know. I kind of got sick of doing photography. I didn't like it. And I quit. And I started catering. Uh, like, I was bartending for a catering company. Yeah. And uh, I, I would see these people at the event setting up lights. And I was like, oh, that looks like so much cooler than catering. So I bothered one of the guys on, on one of the events I was bartending at. And I was like, you know, he told me he worked for uh, McCune. Yeah. McCune so and audio like, visual. I was like, all right. So I, I, he, I found the number in the phone book. This was, uh, there was a phone book. For McEwen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I called them. I must have called them like two or three times a week for like two or three months. And then finally, the guy just blowing them up. Yeah, finally they were like, "If you stop calling, we'll fucking hire you." I was like, <laughs> "I was like done." Tenacity, man. So I, I went in and I met with, you know, uh, with Dave Molnar, who just retired. Yeah, and he was a great guy, and he was like, "You know, I see someone who doesn't know anything about what we do, but you seem eager, so yeah, we'll give you a shot." And then I was fortunate at the time. Uh, Tom Mathis was running the lighting department there, and he's great. I don't know if you know Tom. He's very talented. He is. And yeah. Tom taught me a lot of stuff. And the late, great Dave Kerr was there. Oh, my and goodness. Dave Kerr was like my mentor. He was, You're kind of hitting some real sweet spots. Dave with Kerr you you was got one lucky. Of, some of those mentors are really fucking. Dave Kerr was one of the greatest human beings in the world. Yeah. And uh, he taught me a lot. Um, so I worked on and off at McCune. I worked at Da Vinci Fusion. Uh, yeah. I worked a bit here and there for the local. I was doing a lot of theater stuff. Sure, sure. Um, my, yeah. I, my first theater show, I was working, I was doing lighting for McCune and Da Vinci for like two months. And then I saw an ad on Craigslist for a theater company that needed a lighting designer. So I was like, oh, I could do that. That sounds like a lot of fun. You two know? months in, I can design. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what do I got to lose? I know how to, like, I was really good at studio lighting. Uh, yeah. Right? Like studio lighting, I was really, really good at. Okay. So I assumed that like, you know, lighting a stage and lighting a photo, it's the same, it's the same ratio. You Very know? similar. Like a 35 sure, millimeter frame and a, and a proscenium. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well, lighting is lighting. That's how I looked at it. So I called this theater company. I, I called them. We talked. And they're like, well, you have no experience. I was like, yeah, but you have no money. So uh, like, That's kind of a match made in like, heaven. You kind of get what you pay for, you know? <laughs> and they gave me a shot, and I loved it. It was awesome. We had a great time. The show went really well. Uh, and then I did my second show, which was I was so unqualified for. They hired me as the season designer at the Woodminster Amphitheater. Oh, no shit. I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. The first, show, it. the first show we did was The Sound of Music, which... Probably a lot of cues that you had to follow. <clears throat> well, it was... First off, I, I, don't, I don't really like musicals. Like, I just kind of wanted yeah. to try it. Sure. And, uh, but The Sound of Music really... I couldn't get that music out of my head. Like, I would go home... Like an earworm? Yeah, like, I'd go home and, like, listen to Slayer, and all I would hear is, like, Julie Andrews singing that shit, you know? <laughs> the hills over, are alive. Yeah, but, like, to rain and blood, you know? And, uh... So, but the director was like, oh, you know what you're doing. We don't need production meetings. I was like, I really don't. Like, we need to have meetings. Yeah, they and help. <laughs> so we get to do the first, oh, like, at our first tech rehearsal, and I lit it like a Hitchcock movie, right? Because I couldn't really, I was, like, I was like, oh, there's all these undercurrents in the show where they're, like, running and hiding from the Nazis. Nazis and, yeah, yeah sure, I'm like, sure, I can sure. light this by, like, you're I can, light it like birds. Yeah, I yeah. do it, like, north by northwest. I'm oh, like, all right, I'm awesome. going to light it, like, super shadowy and, like, yeah, really yeah. strong lines. Yeah. And we get through the first act, and all of a sudden, I just, it's an amphitheater, so the director's in a booth down, you know, downstage center, and I'm in the back. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I just hear from the director's booth, Jesus Christ, what the fuck have you done? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, they're, like, running from the Nazis. I thought we'd light it, like, you know, like, film noir, you know? And he yeah. was like, it's a goddamn family theater, you <laughs> asshole. 
I was like, oh. So like, I had to stay, stay there all night and change it. And, That's you know, and, then, and then from there, I, I just kept doing a lot, a lot of theater. And eventually, I actually decided to go to grad school for lighting design. I went to SF State, like oh, sure. a lot of people in the Bay Area. That's right. And I had a wonderful teacher, Joan R. Helger. And she taught me a lot. She made me like a great, like, she definitely made me think about the process and get, you know, the why, the, the why and the detail. Yeah. Like Joan yeah. was very detailed. Sure. Like, um, so she like really enforced that on me. Cause I just kind of came in like, you know, I mean, back then it was like 2003, right? I was like, day drinking most of the time. I didn't even own deodorant. I rode a bike everywhere. Like I was like this like, <laughs> horrible like, mess of a punk, you know? And uh, I was just like in everyone's Hell, face man. on the bike. I was just like, rah, you know? And, uh, but like, you know, I was always like, I, I wasn't an aggressive person. I was just like a funny, like I just like to have fun, yeah, you know? Sure. And, uh, and she was like, got me to be somewhat more professional, you know? And also coming from a private art school, like you're actively taught to question everything. That's true. And, in theater, you're not really meant to question everything. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, it was an adjustment. And, and, and that's part of the game. And, you yeah, know, but I, I learned a lot. I learned how to talk to directors, which is a very Well, that's extraordinarily skill. important, I imagine, as yeah. an LD, <clears throat> especially for plays. I know you spent some time over at the Regency Ballroom. Really I did. great, I great love that spot. job. Talk that was one of my favorite jobs ever. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place. I did, I did. I was, one of, I was one of the house LDs there for like three or four years. Uh, and the guys... At the time, the guy who was running it, Justin Katz, uh-huh. uh, and then John Garrett, um, they were great. They're friends, you know. They, yeah. uh, the time the Regency was one of the last real like rock venues. It's a great room. Yeah, all the metal bands came through, yeah, there, yeah. which was ideal for Some me. Really cool shows. That's the music that I really love to listen to. Uh, yeah. I, I learned really quickly that I work better as a programmer for bands I'm not super into. Yeah. Like, if I'm really into the band, I'm actually really not that, like, I have a hard time. You're, con- you're enjoying the show opposed to making the show. I get into the music the too much, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> like, the first show they asked me to, to program for as the House LD was, uh, it, was <laughs> it was Death Angel, uh, Anthrax, and I forget who else was on that bill. Those, are, was like, those are two fucking solid bands fucking right there. Fucking great bands, yeah, right? And I Death was Angel like, Kill. I was like, there's no way... There's no way I can do this. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? Uh, like, and uh, the guy who was the LD at the time, Andres Kasparovics, who's a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, I was like, I can't. I was like, because they're going to play Among the Living, and I'm going to flip over the console and run into the crowd. Like, <laughs> there's the no way I want to be stuck behind the console when <laughs> Among the Living is playing. You know, yeah, like, I just yeah. can't do it. So, uh, you know, I learned real quick, like, if I'm going to program for a band, it's a band I like, yeah. I can kill. But if it's a band I love. It could be tricky. I just want to listen to the music, you know? Like, it's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. <laughs> now, luckily in our business, I don't know, maybe with the scenario you just laid out, we don't get to often work for the bands. That was the nice thing about the Regency. And then, yeah. you know, Justin, um, Justin also managed a lot of the stuff at the Warfield. Sure. So, um, you know, and I know all the guys over there. Of you know, course. Rob Robertson and all those guys. And, and uh, Tony Bianca Lana. Yeah, and, jo- you know, Josh. Yeah. And they were really cool. So, like, if a band was and playing... Is this like, when this is when this, around the turn of the millennia? No, no, no. This was later. This was way later. This was, like, 2010-ish, 2012. So, would that be... Uh, what the hell was it? Told? He used to work here. He's, he's my friend, and I'm forgetting his name right now. Morgan. Morgan Pittman. Was, it was after Morgan. Was it after Morgan? It was after Morgan. Got you. So yeah. they would do things like I remember Slayer came in for a three day run and there and I was like, guys, come on. They're like, of course. Shreds. They just let me come in and yeah. be the house LD for three days oh, so fine. I can hang out with like 
which was a dream come true. I mean, for me, it's not. I mean, just sitting in a room listening to Slayer all day yeah. was just kind of amazing. Yeah, it does, you could have worse problems. It, it, was, it was actually, it was, it was amazing. It yeah. was great. They, would, they, were doing, uh, they were doing these like special VIP things where like you could come in beforehand yeah. and like, uh, you know, Alex Skolnick would join them from Testament and they'd like jam out on stage doing like Zeppelin songs. Yeah, like, it was fucking killer. And uh, it, it was awesome. And anyway, so like I got to do a lot of that stuff. The, the people at Golden Voice up in San up here, you know, Justin and John were really cool about me. You know, all, I got to like light all my favorite bands at some point, you know, like Pretty everyone cool. from like Overkill down the line. That it's funny. Cool. I was listening to Overkill the other day and I hadn't heard him forever. And, Overkill. And, and, and just some reason or other, I just was like, I'm playing some Overkill. There, there's know? something just, about Bobby Blitzer's voice in yeah. like the first two albums. It's like so obnoxious. Yeah. Like, his, his, yeah, so, his approach is kind of singular, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you, you just feel like the, yeah. like it's, it's like, guttural and it's yeah. intense. And, it's just like and his voice is it, yeah. his voice is the sonic personification of a middle finger. <laughs> it has that vibe. Yeah, yeah. that's. A, I think I like the way you summed that up. Yeah. Uh, I know that I mentioned that you, you're general manager over at Felix, but I think you kind of came in the doors over there as a production manager. What's I it did. like to production I manage did. at Felix? <clears throat> well, after I quit touring, um, I actually was thinking I was just going to like throw my lot in with the 16. Sure. You know, I've always kind of danced around it and I'm a big fan of the local 16. Union, union supporter. Yeah. Good I'm man. I'm a big fan of them. Big yeah. fan of the 107, 134. Yeah. 611 yeah. down yeah. in Monterey. Can't forget you guys. No. Nah, um, spreading the love out. They're all great people. You know, it's great organizations. Sure. And, um, I, I was going to like kind of throw in my lot and push for my apprenticeship. But, uh, and then the Felix job just kind of popped in my lap yeah. out of the blue. Um, and, I, you know, I wasn't too sure that I wanted a full-time job. Sure. You know, I hadn't had one in a long time. You were used to more freelancing. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then I met with David McKinnon, the owner of Felix, and he's like, just like, the, I don't know, like we have these great conversations and he's just the kind of guy you want to work with, you know, wow. like he's, Lucky. he's awesome. Like we had these great, we rare, we barely talked lighting in my interview. We just like talked about life and we had a great, we were laughing half the time and we had a great conversation uh, and he knows so much about lighting. Like he knows what everything in his, everything he, if he owns it, he knows what it does. Sweet. You know, like he's, As it he's, should be. he's just like a, a encyclopedia. Anyway. So like, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll take the job. And it was, I always say it this way. Like I thought I was a pretty good, I thought I was a really good production manager before I worked at Felix. And then I realized how much I needed to get but Like, like where I needed to be was like way further than where I was, you know, like the epic scale with which we do things sometimes. You guys go big. That's for yeah. Sure. And it was, it was eye opening, and you, yeah. you know, like I was really, really kind of trying to, you know, run with the pack and I feel like I succeeded. In well, we were running with Gabe Neshan and uh, Tiffany over there. At well, Gabe time. didn't Gabe. I worked with Gabe at Delicate. He didn't he, Gabe never didn't he spend some time? I, I thought he was at Mm-mm. Felix for a minute, and then no. he went over to Fuse. No, he went right from uh, VER to Fuse. That's it. It was VER. VER. I don't know why. I, I mean, they were like a mile away from yeah, our yeah, warehouse. I, I think that's what my confusion is. You guys are literally like you throw a <laughs> rock anyway, and so, hit each other's um, front door. Yeah, I was like a production manager up here for, for, um, for the SF office. I was the head production manager. Pretty sweet gig. It was awesome. It was a great gig. Yeah. I mean, it's still, and in a sense, most of my job now as the general manager is... I still do a lot of, it's more like a director of production job. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, 
I'll be blunt. Like I'm really terrible at like the actual GM paperwork, you know, but I'm really <laughs> good at looking fan, over, huh? but I'm really good at the technical <laughs> aspects of shows. <laughs> you know? uh, so it's, I mean, thankfully I have Tiffany Wood who assists like me and her. She's extraordinary. Well, me and her, me and Tiffany basically co-run the San Francisco office. Right? Yeah. That's uh, so that's, you know, when we were in full swing and we'd come and sub rent from you guys, we would usually deal with Tiffany on some level. Oh yeah. 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 And, She's great. She does all the sub rent. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you need to come back with all the stuff you, she sends you because she's on it. Oh, she is. <laughs> <laughs> There's no slipping when it comes to there Tiffany. It is man. not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, hats off to her because it's largely. She's my, super efficient. Yeah. Like, she she knows really knows what yeah. she's doing and that's she right. loves what she does and she's yeah. very conscientious and I, I couldn't Absolutely. really do it without her. Yeah. She's extraordinary. She's great. You know, we, um, but we split it mostly like, so Tiffany runs operations, you know, and logistics. Sure. And I do anything that's production related. Gotcha. Uh, I also deal with anything that has to do with the building, outside vendors, the unions. Um, so that's the division are, of labor. You kind of it's basically what it is. Yeah. So I mean, sense. like, uh, you know, if the bathrooms break, I've learned a lot about industrial plumbing <laughs> in the past, in the past five years, a lot. Well, you know, GM kind of gets his fingers in all the pies. It and, and all the and all the pipes too. Yes, yeah, um, and the pipes. Yeah, that's true. But you know, it's uh, it's been great. You know, it's been uh, I actually really, I would say, you know, like in all honesty, I I really love my job. Do like, you miss? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that you, you've toured a great deal with miss, a, a couple touring. of different. Do you miss the travel and the do. the kind of the different schedule that it that that provides? You know what I miss? What it's it's like this funny thing that people kind of. Theater people will understand this. I miss walking into a theater right before load-in, looking out into the house, turning off the, like, just looking out in the house, taking a deep breath of, like, the empty space, and then starting. Like, I miss that sound of, like, my, my boots on the boards, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. that's what I miss. And, like, I, I also miss the people. Cirque Mechanics was a really close family. Like, I'm still really close with the tech crew from that show, like Janine Johnson, who was our production manager. Yeah. Chris Lashua, who is the creative director, still a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's a maniac. He's a, just a creative genius. Well, explain to because I don't think a lot of our uh, so, viewers will understand who Cirque Mechanics is. Cirque Mechanics is a small independent Cirque show. Yeah. Uh, known it's for, a company. We are but known, known we, for kind of being in a little avant. They, so Chris in. Lashua, the guy who started the company with yeah. another actor, he started with uh, Aloysia, um, I always mispronounce her last name, and she's probably going to, at some point, she sees this yell at me. Aloysia Garve. Okay. Gavar, Garve? I can never yeah, I'm not it. touching that one. Anyway, me neither. But uh, Sean Riley, who okay. I don't know if you guys know, people in the Bay Area know who Sean is. He's yeah. a rigger. He owns a company called Gravity Designs. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, Steve, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on Steve's last name. Holy shit. I spent like six years on the road with him. But anyway, uh, they all came from Cirque, well, not <laughs> Sean, but. Aloysia, Chris, and Steve all came from Cirque du Soleil. Okay. And uh, if you guys have ever seen Those Kidam. Good roots. Have you ever seen Kidam? I don't think so. Have you ever seen Kidam? No. You guys ever see Kidam, the, the wheel act? Chris started that act. Like, that's his act. No shit. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And uh, Aloysia did the, uh, did the hoop act. And uh, there's all these like famous photos of like the juggler like walking in the air. That's Steve's act. Wow. Huh. Uh, so they started their own company. Uh, which was called Cirque Mechanics. And it was based on Chris's brainchild of all these innovations of how to, like, how to make the apparatus into like, these just like functional machines. So there's like this, 
we put Chris's German, well, we didn't, Chris did. Chris put his German wheel in this cart and the cart would like, like as he would turn in the wheel, the cart would go across the stage and it would bring Aloysia up and down on her That's seer cool. wheel, uh, on her seal, uh, her, her seer. You know, and then it was like things like uh, you know, a trampoline wall. And then they kind of tried to just incorporate all these scenic items into like these mechanical objects that would become circus apparatus. Right. And uh, the first show was a show called Birdhouse Factory, which in the circus world is like a really like uh, epitomal show. Like it's like one of those shows, like one of the show, like, yeah. you know, like Led Zeppelin at the forum kind yeah, of shows. It's a big deal. You know? It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and then it, it, I joined the company probably, they'd been touring Birdhouse at that point for four years, three years when I joined the company. Uh, my friend Blake Manship was the original lighting director. Uh -huh. And uh, Blake just decided he didn't want to do all the shows anymore. He wanted to like share it. So, yeah. Uh, I knew Blake from, we actually started working at McCune like the same week. Wow. So I've known him for a long time. And I'd always like, hey, if you, if you don't want to do that gig anymore, I'd love to. Give it to up. do it. Give it to me. So when he decided he wanted to step back a little bit, he called me. And, uh, and then it just, I don't know, like me and Chris became really good friends really fast. Uh, and, you know, me and Steve became good friends. And uh, the clown, Jesse Dryden, who's still a really good friend of mine. We, we talk a bunch. Yeah. Um, Jesse actually hired me. Jesse was the director for Cir Circus Smirkus, which is um, a kid's circus camp in Vermont. And... Every summer, well, every spring, they'll like audition like 500 kids from around the world. Wow. And they pick the best 25, and those 25 do uh, like what's called a mud show. It's like a traditional circus tent show. Right. Um, and they, uh, they train. They come in, I think they go to Vermont like the week after. Is Memorial Day first or Labor Day? Oh, hell, Memorial, I don't know. I think, right? Whatever the first one is in May. They go, so they, they're like in Vermont like the first week of June. And then they stay there until basically Labor Day, wow. at which ends the summer. And they'll do like 70 shows. So they'll, they'll train for four, maybe five weeks with master coaches from all around the world. And then the tech crew comes in and we put, like, put the show on. Like we design the show. The costume designer, myself, is, I was the lighting designer for five years. Uh, well, you did five years designer. with these guys, right? I with loved it. Circus Smirkus? You know, you... I always kind of scoffed at people who were like, oh, the place is magical. But circus is magical. Like, I think, I, 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 so like, you know what that is when people do that? It's the, it's the verbiage. It is the verbiage. It's the verbiage because it sounds a little too ethereal and spiritually yeah, and touchy-feely, but there can be a magical quality Smirkus, to some of these things we get up to. Smirkus was a magical place. Yeah. It still is a magical place. It's deep sounds in the mountains. very special. It's on a mountaintop. In like middle of nowhere, Vermont, in Greensboro, Vermont. Yeah, Vermont's a beautiful state. Vermont's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so it's like its own mountain. It's like on this like mountain, uh, two hours north of Burlington. Wow! Like in the middle of nowhere. There's yeah. like cell phone reception in like a cow pasture, like <laughs> it, you know, and uh, even more remote than like Green Mountain. It's really remote. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's and for me, I mean, it's I consider it camping, you know. But like we'd stay in bunk trailers and like we'd. It's all these like circus professionals. Like the tent boss is one of the tent bosses from Cirque du Soleil, and this is how he spends his summers. You know, right. like everyone's there, not because it's like financially like you're killing a, a windfall but you know you're there because you love it it's just such an amazing the kids are incredible like the things that they learn and the show they put on and 
just the whole environment of just this like like just it sounds like you're, you're just on a of, mountain like making a circus yeah, with your friends very talented for, people that really believe in what they're doing that's was, in its own right it was special. incredible I, it was actually i looked forward to it every year like it was my one uh yeah, it, it it was like my my favorite all time thing to do. It's almost like vacation work. It was almost like vacation work, you sure. know. And it it was a, sure. uh, it was fun. Like I had a great time, made some really good friends. That's how I know Gabby, who mm-hmm. was on the show a couple of weeks. Well, ago. you know, I wanted to bring that up here. See right there. Yeah. I wanted to thank you for sending us. She's Gabby. great, isn't she? So I don't really have people on the show I don't know, and she was the first person She's to fantastic. have on the show. Gabby's and awesome because you sent her to us. She, you, uh, and I tell you, I'm sitting here with Snoopy uh, William Forquay yesterday, uh, our, our our dear friend Snoopy. Yeah. And he brought her up. We were talking about shows past, and, and, and many people thought her show was one of our best shows because she's an extraordinary intelligent girl. She's amazing. She is really, and she's, she's like professional and sharp and, such a and good life really, really talented and yeah. just comports herself in such a way. I mean, we had an extraordinary, I, I felt like we were kind of, she was kind of slumming with us a little bit <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we're naughty roadies and little obnoxious yeah. males, you know. And well, Gabby's he, brother, Ben. Uh, he's a sound guy, right? He's a sound guy, but he was the technical director on Smirkus. Right. And we just got to be good friends. You know, he's a great guy. And well, he's was really a, talented, we, super smart like Gabby. We know? really appreciate you sending her. She was a fantastic She's guest. She's in right now. Is Gabby checking in? Oh, there she oh, is. No, that's Ben. That's her brother right there. Oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> well, right above, she, she was saying uh, something you were talking about. She was super inspired by... Right here. Well, yeah, Ben is still at Smirkus. I'm just venturing coat sound. Anyway, so... Um, she was a wonderful guest, and it was a great ad. Thank you so much for yeah, sending no, it to us. No, and thank bad. you, Gab. We, I, I can't tell you this enough, dear. Like, uh, uh, many folks, to, to as recently as yesterday, have referred to that show as one of our best shows, and I can't uh, disagree with them. You were an extraordinary guest. Lovely yeah. girl. So, I don't know. So, I mean, it was, it was nice. Anyway, but back to Cirque Mechanics, like, we did... So we did Birdhouse Factory, and then second show was Boomtown, uh, which was great. I got to take that was my first time working on Broadway. I got to take that show. Yes, as I was the lighting director, I didn't design it. Deanna Fitzgerald did an amazing job designing that show. Which house were you in? Uh, the New Victory. Oh, that's a beautiful one. And uh, we, Deanna was the lighting designer from Stomp. No, so kidding. she designed this show. She was great. She was amazing to work with. Yeah, uh, I learned a lot about lighting design from Deanna. Like she well, is the big leagues right there. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's, she's, she's top. She's the real deal. Yeah. Anyway. So then the next show that came out was pedal punk, which I designed, which also went back to the new victory. Okay. No that was my first credit. What was it called? I'm sorry. Uh, pedal punk. Pedal punk. Mm-hmm. That was a great show. That was fun. I don't think I've ever heard uh, of that one. And then we did a show that we called the, the orchestra project where we would take the show. We would, uh, basically, uh, we built a show around, Michael Pickton was the, com- he's the composer for all the circus shows, uh-huh. uh, circus mechanics shows. And, and, uh, we picked, we, like, he picked like this whole curated, a bunch of, uh, classical compositions. And, uh, Chris had built this, he built it for pedal punk and we used it for pedal punk. We used it for the orchestra project and we adapted it for our last show, 42 feet. But Chris built, Chris and Riley built this, uh, goalpost out of 20 inch truss it's like 20 feet tall it's about 15 feet wide yeah and it's got pontoons and you could pedal it around the stage oh that's cool it's chris's background he's a bmx freestyler he's one of the original bmx street team guys gotcha and uh so everything in circuit mechanic shows has something to do with bicycles 
you know, uh-huh. like something to do with gears. Yeah, sure. And uh, so he, they built this like, and it doesn't like when you see it, you're like, it doesn't look like it should move, <laughs> but it does. Like you can, two guys sit in the pontoons and they just pedal this fucking huge goalpost all around the stage while those acrobats <laughs> swing. Wow. It, it's terrifying to watch sometimes, but yeah. it's, it's brilliant. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. So we, we made like a version of that for orchestras and we were going around and performing with orchestras all over the country. Um, we didn't do that many of them. I think we did like maybe, I don't know, maybe total a dozen or a dozen and a half. Uh, and then the last show was 42 Feet, which just played on Broadway right before the shutdown at the New Vic. No kidding. Yeah. So that was like one of the last shows I did was at the... At the old... The, at, the the new, v- at the New Vic in New York, and then we shut down. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and we got some pretty good reviews. You know, the New York Times seemed to like us. That's uh, nice. very cool. Very cool. Uh, Sounds like you've been involved with some very interesting shows, was, a lot of fun, unique stuff. You know, working in the circus was an accident. Um, I never expected that. Uh, it was probably one of the greatest experiences. I made some really good friends who uh, I'm still friends with today. Dave Freitag was our rigger for Birdhouse and Boomtown. And, um, you know, Wes Hatfield was one of the acrobats and we're still good friends. Uh, like just still, you just make these friends. and like It's one of the best parts of our job is that we get to you know, meet new and interesting yeah. people around the world. Uh, certainly around the country yeah. and, and well, we got to uh, take you know, that come away with some lifelong friendships. Yeah. We took Birdhouse like all across Europe, uh, Hong Kong, Dubai. Yeah. You did Asia. You did Europe. Yeah. You Hong did Kong was, the was, States. Hong Kong was hysterical. We, uh, we, we had a, a version of the set in storage in Holland. Okay. And the promoters that we used in Europe were also the same promoters for Hong Kong. They, sent some people to, they didn't send us, they sent some of their people to load all the scenery onto another shipping container, which then they sent over to Hong Kong. We're unloading it. We, when we load in, we always load the trampoline. We build the trampoline last. Okay. You know, it's big. It takes up a lot of space. Sure, sure. Uh, we, we finished loading, loading in, and uh, we, we're like, okay, let's go build the trampoline. And everyone's looking for the trampoline. We're like, well, where, where the fuck is the trampoline? And like, we're like, holy shit, like, we're like, and it was a big theater, the theater in Hong Kong. It, it was like, probably the stage was about the size of the SF opera. Wow. But they also had like a rehearsal stage, the same size, just off stage left. Wow. And behind it, they had a whole nother stage with another like 100 line, like, I think they had like 80 or 90 line sets over the stage. And then behind it was a whole nother stage where you could have full scenic that's uh, like awesome. Your, like your sets, your full sets built. Sure, and sure. you could just wheel them out from back. So oh, that's sweet. it was like three huge areas. Yeah, that sounds massive. It was massive. And, yeah. uh, and it had a, a proscenium that could like, it was, all, it, was all, um, it was all automated. So like the proscenium could like move into different configurations. Very it was cool. fucking cool. Yeah. And, um, Hong Kong's on another level. If you have, if people Hong haven't Kong been is there, another you know, level. It's, it's, a, it's not a large island and it's very populated. And so basically everything goes up. Up. Yeah, yep. it's if you want to build, you build up. You build up. Yeah, it's yep. it's, it was, it's, uh, it's a very special place, and it is alive. It was, yeah, it was. Did you find your trampoline? We did not because the <laughs> because the <laughs> the promoter had left it in the container in Holland. Oh shit! So like now we're in China with, and the trampoline's like the closing act of the show. It's like the like it's a big part of the show. It's a big part of the show. Sure. So we're like freaking out. Luckily, we had the trampoline bed with us. Um, like that had made it. Yeah. So we just had to find a trampoline bed, like frame, 
to put it on. But like, you know, everything that we'd built in the States was in standard. Yeah. Everything in China is in metric. metric yeah. But course. we found, we found one that worked and no the show kidding. went on. We were there for, I was there for about 10 days. Once the show was up and running, I left and they stayed for, I think a five week run. Yeah. Um, and it was the same in Dubai. Dubai was pretty killer. I don't know if you've ever been there, but... I have not been to Dubai. I have Dubai many friends who have, and it's a special place. Wow. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so clean. It's so modern. It's yeah. so precise. Yeah, and, and hot. so fucking hot. <laughs> we were there in the summer, in yeah. oh, June. That's prohibitive. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine brutal. that. It's a very specific society with their, you know, they, they allow, my friends from KISS were over there on uh, New Year's and pulled off a world record uh, pyro Are, show. Really? You know the guys from KISS? Yeah. You know I'm yeah. a huge KISS fan. Oh, well, we're like, about have you to seen have. you my Ace Freely tattoo? Uh, oh, no, I did not see your Ace Freely. It's funny, you might want to show up here in a couple of weeks when we have Toby Francis in here, <gasps> was their front of house guy for 600 shows. Oh, my and, God, I would love that. Yeah. And my first a, concert was KISS. Yeah, KISS rule. That's, my that's, my mom took me to see Lick when It Up we when kid, I was we were, yeah, when we were kids, we were in the Kiss Army and the whole bit, can, you know. Can you guys see my Kiss face mask? Yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not fronting, he's a Kiss guy. Can you guys guy. see that? <laughs> my wife built me a Kiss face mask. We've had a few Kiss people here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Pooch on us, maybe a month ago, and he was he, he got his first big break with Kiss. Toby turned over the show to, to, to Pooch. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I now, love to, Kiss. Toby was smart. Toby said, I'm done with the rock and roll acts. I'm going to Kanye and Ariana Grande, the ones that give you a little less grief, you know, or they just let you do your work. And, you know, rock bands tend to yeah. have a lot of input and sometimes not always uh, the most helpful input. And so, but some of the bigger guys, Kiss is an extraordinary band. I got it, to yeah. see their first reunion show, Madison Square Garden, 1996. No shit. Yeah, it was like the first time the original band had played together. Yeah, they and really, they put on big shows. Oh, it was amazing. So yeah. 28,000 people in Kiss makeup. Just, yeah. they, awesome. they actually had to turn the band up twice. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, they came out and they. When liked, was this? It was 1996. Madison I bet you Square Toby Garden. was out front with that. I have talked to him about Almost it. Almost for sure. It was a great show. It was yeah, one of the yeah, best shows I've ever seen in my life. That sounds like Toby's era right there. And yeah, you know, Gene Simmons knows how to bring a big show. He does. And and Doc McGee, who hopefully we're going to have on the show here. Not. Too <gasps> Would long. you really? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to yeah. have to come and just like geek yeah. out with Doc. Doc is a special cat, man. I have to ask permission for that one. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> Doc might have some ideas about that, but about Ace. having folks in the audience. But I, I, but I will Ace check Freely, into it for you. I still think people make fun of me all the time, but what? for my money, Ace Freely is one of the greatest guitar players in history. Okay, I wouldn't go that far, I but I would say Ace. Ace always had. Ace always seemed like he was. I can't say that. Uh, Ace always brought always a little drunk. extra flavor to the <laughs> band. That the rest of the band was kind of operating in this kind of he's this so, professional thing and they're doing their thing. And Ace just, was just like, <laughs> he's know? just himself, you know. And he's got yeah. this like weird yeah. style of playing. And, yeah, he's he's a you unique know? cat. He's got the most hummable solos. I, I I think you can't really with Ace Frehley's early work. You can't really take one note out without the whole song collapsing. You know, 100%. and that's, I totally agree with that. I wouldn't say he was one of the most technically proficient. No, There's other he's guitarists that actually could, incredibly it, sloppy. Yeah, but but he's Ace Frehley, and Ace Frehley is a he's pioneer. Like one of the coolest guys in rock and roll. Talk about a guy who took a lot of arrows. I mean, he's oh, a oof. badass. Yeah. So I totally his his solo stuff was very good as well. His combo a, was great. He's a heavy cat. He's yeah. super great. His last album was really good too. Yeah, it's all cover songs, but yeah, he yeah. does them really well. He's extraordinarily talented. Let hey, me. Yeah, uh, real real quick. Uh, your friend reached out. Jesse Fletcher said hello. Oh, hey, Jesse. Jesse's saying hi. Jesse's a great guy. Right on, Jesse. Thanks for tuning in, supporting the show, man, checking us out. Uh, We're lucky to have Anthony in tonight, and we're really happy about it. Uh, Remember the back in the days working over at Delicate Productions? I do. I loved working at Delicate. (laughs) What are your memories of that? You know, it was fun, man. It was uh, was a great place to be at the time. Like, it was exciting. Uh, Delicate was, I think, the first of the L.A. companies to come up here. That's right. You know, 
They tried their hand. And uh, and it was just exciting to be part. I mean, it's a great group. Delicates. I mean, I'm I still talk with Jason sometimes. Sure. And uh, you know, you know, it's they're, they, they're they, a great group of guys. I still I'm still pretty close with Gabe. Yeah. Like, we talk all the time. Uh, he's a great dude. Um, Gabe Nashaw. Mm-hmm. I love Gabe. It's great. I, I'm trying to Gabe. If you're watching, I want you on the show. It's hard. To, I, I need to get him out of his show. He's he's busy being a daddy right now, though. You know. Yeah, Miles is adorable. His yeah, kid's his, so his, cute. Kid is so, yeah, yeah, Gabe. Of course, he's, is, he's not that far from here. He's no, like I two know. Miles from I here. know. I know exactly where he is. I, yeah. I tried to I, early on in the show's uh, history. Uh, I, I reached out to him, and he was a little busy at the time. And um, and so I just got to, I guess, try another time yeah, but, uh, to get him over here because I would love to pick his brain for a few minutes. You know, he's he's got up to a lot of cool stuff and he's a very specific cat. And he is. He's got it, a lot to offer, so it would be fun. fun. It was fun working at, at Delicate. Um, I mean, it was great to work with George, your brother. Yeah, my brother loves great you, to work you know. With him. I miss George. He's a, a hell of a human being. <laughs> uh, just, he's a good boy. He really is. Yeah, you know? he's just special. Like, yeah. Just a genuine dude. Like you know? Special Olympics. I had to do that. Ah. I had to do that. He's my brother. Jorge <laughs> Eduardo, you know I'm joking, damn it. He's we, watching right now. He watches did. under the name Jorge Eduardo. Oh, oh, is he really? Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot of cool shows at Delicate, too. You know, I was oh, the yeah. PM for the Red Bull King of the Rock shows. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Uh, those were fun. Uh, live basketball <coughs> show in Alcatraz. Um, cold shows. Very, very cold. <laughs> we would, literally, the entire crew would have the flu like the next yeah, week. Like, rough. We would all so, be just it is like, decimatedly <laughs> sick. Like, it, it was terrible. Yeah. Like, all of us it would like... Really, it's a really rough... That yeah, is a, you, you were on that island in September, which is freezing cold in the bay. You'd be my, there for like six in nights my in mind, a row. One of the coolest backdrops you can have for a show, but yeah. my God, putting it on rules. is just vicious. Well, you can't do it. You can't disfigure. Nothing can be changed. You know, nope. it's... It's good. You also can't have any beams go above the walls. Yeah, there's there's some very it's the park services I believe down. Yeah, well, they right? like at first I didn't quite know the first I'd never worked on Alcatraz before this gig. Yeah, and, you know, and they were like, you can't have beams of light go above. I was like, why? They're, they're like, because you're in the middle of the bay. Someone may think it's a lighthouse. Yeah, light pollution. Like, oh. There's some other issues with it. Yeah, all kinds of maritime issues. Some, that's exactly what it is. Um, navigation. And the issues. park police were like strict. Oh man, they're not kidding. No, they, they are super not kidding. Yeah, they, they will bust your balls. I mean, they you, did, you, you cracked a little bit of a stairway, you know. <laughs> they were right up, there. They, they were right there. Your butt. And yeah. being in Alcatraz, for anyone who's been there at night will understand this. It's, it's a little scary. Creepy. <laughs> it is so. <laughs> yeah, like, that place is actually. Any I'm, other way to put it. I'm pretty sure yeah. the place is actually really haunted. It was creepy as hell. Well, you know, the history of that place goes back to the Civil War yeah. and, and uh, you know, army barracks and, and then it was prisons, uh, stockades and, it, it was, you know, and then, of course, it's modern era is, uh, is a gangster haven yeah. for some of the worst criminals in America. Yeah. And a lot of uh, shady things are a taking lot of place shady. there. But you like hear like, like you just hear weird noises. Yeah. Like, and you wouldn't. I mean, like, I'm not one of those, like, you always see in the movies, they go investigate. Yeah. I was like, no, you're not doing that? No. Oh. Hell no. <laughs> go down so lucky and check it nope, out. Nope, nope. Like, I'm Andy, hearing, Andy I, we heard something down there in that I dark I hear a noise space. over there, I'm going that way, you know? Like, it was, yeah. but it was creepy, like, yeah. I never saw any ghosts, you know, but, like, you could you hear them. You sensed them, though, didn't you? You, you like, yeah. it gets ridiculous, like, it's cold, 
it's really cold. Yeah. But like, there's a different kind of chill. When no, you're it's in the like cell scary blocks. cold. Like yeah. you could, you can, it changes cold. Is yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. You can be in the initial cold and then get that sensation, and it somehow drops like ten degrees. Yeah, and it's and like, you're this, like, like what weird, the hell? Like, chill at the base of your <laughs> spine. You're I like, feel like there's something in our presence right now that is malevolent. Yeah. Every <laughs> time I had good. to go, in, I yeah. hated going in That's the real. cell blocks. Yeah. We would store all our gear in the cell blocks. Yeah, and I hated going in there by myself. A lot of history so in those if blocks. If I had to go in there, I would like. I would run, you, you know, get, like you didn't get a part. I would, I would, I would I like, know I'm going clearly in not a runner, but like I would <laughs> run in and out, you know, <laughs> hit and run that song. Yeah. Listen, man, I could talk to you for hours. I actually have oh, God, many yeah, more, huh? but yeah, we're, we're up against it, baby. And it was really, I can't tell you, you know, I know you worked all day and, and you're going at it. I think what you say, you had two shows you pushed out today, right? Yeah. And you ran right into overtime on that, and, and you still made it over here to sit with us. We Busy guy. Well, yeah, I know, and I, I love this. See, though. I was hoping to see George. Yeah, well, you know, I he had a guy. thing at the house. He's he chimed in. He's watching he, on, yeah, the, he on the YouTube. he had to run home and do I'm some I'm daddy stuff. I'm super bummed he's not he was, here. He was here till about 5, and then and he was like, oh, man, I got to bail. He was bummed out, too. He he very much was planning to be here and hang out with I you and, and catch guy. up with you, but he, he got called home to his, you know, he got three kids, the three young kids at the house, so he had to do some daddy stuff. But he told me to send his love and tell you the thank you for coming and seeing us at Sound Image and, you know, and all the support we get from you during the year and during our normal course of business, B2B with you, you know, a business to We're business. We're happy to work with you guys. We love yeah, you guys. Yeah, we love you guys and you're always, you know, you know supplementing nice making our things happen. I feel that's the nice thing about the Bay Area, the production community. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, in some sense we're all competitors, but really we're just... You know, we don't play like, it that it's way too here. Clo- like, we're all too close to each other. Yeah, like, to us, we feel like there's like, enough work for all of us. There's enough and we pie share, for everybody. You come up, if there's something we've got in our inventory that you need, which rarely happens, you know it's here for you. You yeah. can friggin' tell us. We'll, we'll yeah. you know, help you. But, you know, it's just such a friendly, like, you know, it's... I don't know. The Bay Area production communities. It's a little, it's a it's little, little less different. cutthroat than in some of the other large metropolitan areas. I would say so. You know, yeah. it's, and I think a lot of it has to do with like how small and insular it is. That's that's true. You know, like at some point we all kind of really came up together. You know. Well, that's that is for sure. And I think the other part is we we do want to see each other succeed. You yeah. know, at the same time we have our own little thiefdoms. And, and there's that, friendships that go back decades. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Well, like you said, it's a very there's almost a little bit of an incestuous quality to it. Almost. Uh, you know, almost. My, yeah, the almost part is the key part, almost. Yeah. But it is there, and um, we've shared a lot of, um, you know, you've worked at at least one of other places with us. Many. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I would say more than one. And and so it's, it's a very normal uh, story in our system here. Yeah. And it works for us, you know. It, it works for us in... And I think it works for the whole community because we put on. Some, we have some of the best venues. We have some of the coolest shows, you know, from the stuff we do in the park, the stuff we do out of Napa, the stuff, the different venues that we have from the Shoreline to, you know, wherever it is, the Oracle. We're very lucky to be. In, I miss Shoreline. I love that place. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have McFadden in here. I think next two weeks oh, from now. Oh, really? Two weeks. Yeah, so we're going to have McFadden in here. We're going to talk Shoreline, you know, and all the many what things that he's venue. created. But that, some of them, my favorite shows are good. The Bridge School shows were. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I never got on. to see any of those, but like, oh, buddy, what the lineups on those things were amazing. We'll talk Bridge School after this. Those are some of the best lineups of all time. You know, twenty was it twenty three, twenty four of them we did over there, and you know these are these are like ridiculous lineups. You yeah. know, you can have Pearl Jam with the Foe Fighters with Josh Groban singing with the Smashing Pumpkins, all doing a thing with Neil Young. You know, you know I got like, to see all over the I same saw, show. It's like what the hell? I saw Pearl lying? Jam at the Roseland Ballroom in New York right before Ten came out. Oh no, kidding! And like no one really knew. Like we just knew it was Mother Love Bone with a new singer, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they're opening up for it was. 
Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, and the Chili Peppers. Wow, great job. That's a lineup. And Pearl, yeah, it was amazing. Well, and pre, all pre they, 10, all Pearl that Jam, was a lineup. All, yeah, it was like, they fun. just had the songs from 10, which they played the whole album, yeah, basically. Great that's album. all they had. Classic album. And like at the end of their set, like the place was, and Roseland's like 6,000 people, I think. Yeah. The end of their set, it's like dead quiet for like 10 seconds. And then the place went, because everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And like, then the place went nuts. And, uh, and then I hadn't seen Pearl Jam again until they played Outside Lands here. Yeah. And that had to be about a 20 year difference. And they were just as good. Yeah. They, they're like one you, of the, I think they I couldn't believe 20 years had passed. It, for me, they were way better than Mother Love Bone. That, that reincarnation was a better version yeah. for me. I, I didn't enjoyed like Andrew Wood's voice. I struggled with Andrew annoyed. a great deal. He was, he was actually a very kind. Uh, Did you know him? Yeah. He was a very sweet young man. He was very, um, he was very outgoing. He was very gregarious. He was one of those touchy-feely, you know, but yeah. there was a slight effeminate quality to him that used to kind of push me back a little bit. And, and then, of course, you know, he was a little free and easy with the periodic table, which made us a little frightened of him because yeah. we didn't know. did a lot of drugs. You can, you know. And then, of course, Green River, you know, so there was I all this. Green the, yeah, so there's did you know all, Mark Arm? Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it after the show. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I interview here. You here, brother. Okay. Mark, I mean, Mark <laughs> well, Arm's like a fucking legend. I know. And, we, you know, we came up in a, in a time when these were just the bands that were amongst us. They were not, they did not have success. They were just kind of tooling around, you know, the Bud Honeys and the, you know, uh, uh, swing, uh, Screaming Trees and all the different bands. They're great that, bands. Yeah, I love these bands, you know, and. And then they kind of went out of nowhere, you know. And it was it was really a strange time because we were out with uh, with Nirvana before Nirvana was anything, and all of a sudden Nirvana is this thing, you know. And it was we we rode that horse all the way to in utero, and then all of a sudden, you know. Yeah, and then sadly, what happened with that? It was just a crazy time to be in rock and roll, but it was a lot of fun. You know, I always tell my uh, my nieces and nephews, what's that? uh, If you if you meet anyone over 45 and they don't like the Pixies, don't trust them. Yeah, that's, that's very... <laughs> that's a good that's rule. Highly yeah, that's, suspect. My, that's my one rule for highly life. Highly suspect. If you're not down with Black Francis, there's something like, wrong with if you. If you're over 45 yeah. and you do not like the Pixies, <laughs> I, have, I don't trust you. What's your favorite album from them? From the Pixies? Yeah. Um, I would have to say Surfer Rosa. Um, I was Trump Alamon, man. That, really? I, uh, that album, I don't meet very many people who say Trump Alamon. Yeah, I know, because it's very, it's, it's very different from what they, they're kind of their normal. But UMass is a great song. Um, yeah. that's, Alec Eiffel is fucking awesome. I, I love Alec Eiffel. I love it. It's a system of, uh, yeah, there's, there's a planet of sound. Just, planet of sound's awesome. It's a loud song. It's good. You know, it's just a really big, full. Have you listened to any of their later albums, like the newer ones? No, actually. I haven't followed them in many years. You saw I have a bunch of their artwork over here. The last album was pretty good it's probably been i bet you haven't followed their career since like me 2004 wave of mutilation is still one of my favorite songs of all time yeah they're, they're extraordinary i like uh, frank black by himself as well and of course the breeders stuff do little do little was pretty hard to be in my maybe, a great maybe, album. maybe it was just my generation but i fucking loved no that. this is very solid album. album you're not wrong about that there's but. almost no bad pixies album like, they're, they're, well, they kind of they they change, you know. There's yeah. a different energy for each of their albums, and there's a. I felt like Doolittle and Surparos. There was a kind of a, a thread going through it, but I feel like they kind of clipped the thread when they got to Trump Alamon and kind of reinvented themselves a little bit. And for yeah, me, it I, had a it had a more of an energy that it could relate to. But I always dug the, the playing, you know. Their be, version of Head On, yeah, it's way better than Jesus Mary Chains. <laughs> that's that's kind of saying a lot, right? There, bro. <laughs> 
Dude, it is though. Like, you're, gonna start, you're gonna start a little. Riot am I gonna start a war? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say the Pixies do a better version. Cortez is Roberto Cortez is saying Debaser. That, that's yeah. fun. No, Debaser's that, a great, 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 great. Yeah, no, he's Roberto's not wrong. Listen, my brother, thank you very much oh, for coming out here. It was absolutely great to see you. You yeah. keep care of yourself. You know, send love to the wife, and uh, hopefully, we'll be over at your shop soon. You know. You know, siphoning off a bunch of your You guys are just welcome to come by and hang out. I appreciate that. Thank you, yeah. brother. Me and Vinny are just going to roll through one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a truck. <laughs> start emptying the place. Excuse me. It's cold in this shop, man. I'm fucking tripping out over here. Excuse me. Thanks again, my brother. No worries, Be man. Well. Thank you. Hey, listen. It was great having you tonight. This was super fun. This cat's super fun. I learned a little bit more about lighting. I swear I'm lost in that whole world. I just I just have them turn them on, and I enjoy what they do. And so I appreciate when they share their, their knowledge and their experience with us. Um, next week, we have a really interesting, uh, uh, hell of a guy. We've got, a, we've got an Australian who lives in Canada, married to a, a French-Canadian girl that works for one of my favorite sound companies in the world, one of my favorite manufacturers, which is Adamson. Adamson is one of the coolest, by far, coolest boutique sound companies and this is Jeremiah Kearney. He's going to be our guest next week. We're going to bring him in. We're going to ask him about the E-Series. Right? Oh, dude, I'm going to we go all get got, up in his shit. Like, talk to me about blows. the 219s. I want, <laughs> <laughs> I love, how do you get those things to sound like that? <laughs> I mean, he's been in here many times where he comes in and he'll train us up on some of the gear that we have and get our guys and how do you apply, you know, fly the shit right. He's... he's for them, he's known as their applications engineer, which is a very special title, which means he's the guy that tells you how to do shit right with their gear, how to make it function the way it's designed. And he's, he's an extraordinary cat, so we're really looking forward to him. Please tune in next week at 7 p.m. On Thursday, we'll have Jeremiah Kearney. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you for what you do. You're a good man. I want to send a shout-out to Michael Brown. He's back there frigging the octopus, keeping it all together. The legend. The legend, the, the badass Mikey, Mikey Brown. He's got a new album out for his band called Arsa, A-R-S-A. Is that right, Mikey? All right, all right, this band shreds. Like, you know, he's my good friend, so I would probably lie right here. But actually, I don't have to. Like, this band is ridiculous. Like, if you like fast, heavy metal music, like, really well done with an extraordinarily talented drummer, that's Michael Brown's band. Arsa, check it out. Can they get that on Spotify, Mikey? Yeah, Spotify, baby. Celtic Arsa. death metal. It's, it's fucking it's, brutal. It's, it's and insane awesome. shit, and it's really, really well done. And I can't say enough about it. I want to send out uh, a little love to our regulars. We're already over time, so why not go there? John Del Rio, Charlie Zeriki, Pat O'Doul, uh, a bunch of our look at, look at John Del Rio poking fun of the two sound guys. What did he say? <laughs> what? A sound guy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I told him. I warned him early on in the show. I was going to hit him with three in a back-to-back next week. Jorge Arbuato. Uh, I want to thank Gabby Schiff one more time. She was an extraordinary guest, and it was an absolute treat. She's an extraordinarily talented woman and a bright, bright future ahead. So I want to thank her for her contributions to our show. It's guests like that that give us uh, some validity and you know help us carry this weight. We really very much appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. If you appreciate what we're doing, can you do me a favor on uh, YouTube, Facebook, or and or Twitch? We hit the little like thing and subscribe. It helps with the algorithm. We will see you next week with Jeremiah Carney. Until then, you guys, be nice to each other. Be kind. We'll see you again. Peace. Peace.